0: Online booking begins.
1: 160,464 British Columbians registered.
0: How well the new vaccine reservation website is working and growing concern about the spread of variants. Parents push back. It's just a safety thing. Some willing to keep their kids at home to reduce the risk of exposure. And Vancouver's rogue restaurant. I understand the backlash, I, 100%. I understand the backlash. How the owner avoided a fine with questions about selective enforcement.
2: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at six.
0: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is away tonight. More young people are ending up in hospital and the ICU with COVID-19. And there is concern about the unpredictable spread of COVID variants. The warnings from health officials come as BC posts 1,068 new cases today, bringing the total in this province to 105,129, with 8,671 of those cases being active. More than 14,000 people are now in self-isolation, and that is by far the most we've ever seen. 328 people are in hospital, 96 in the ICU, and sadly, three more people have died. Well, the big story across B.C. continues to be the number of more dangerous COVID variants. But as Richard Zussman reports, Dr. Bonnie Henry says even with the higher numbers, she's not considering tighter restrictions yet.
3: It's the battle defining British Columbia's fight against COVID-19, variants versus vaccine, and so far the variants driving a B.C.-wide third wave. We can get through this surge as well. It's the hand that
4: we've been dealt with, and we have to work together.
3: Variant spread has been unpredictable. On March 23rd, there were 171 active variant cases in the province. Since then, the cases have gone up and down. Just look at the past two days, from 588 to 266 active variants.
4: Unnecessary travel and social gatherings are fueling the fire for the variants of concern transmission as well. But we all have the ability to slow
3: that down. The two most common, more transmissible strains are the B117 from the UK and the P1 from Brazil. There are 160 active B117 variants in BC, down 213, and 106 active P1, down 109. The virus is adapting and is taking advantage wherever it can. The question is what are health officials here doing to adapt to the virus? B.C. is a month behind Ontario, according to Dr. Henry, where they are worried about hospitals being overwhelmed, schools are being closed, and they are considering restricting travel and closing
4: businesses. We're learning that, yes, some things transmit more easily, but the same measures that we take make a difference in preventing that transmission.
3: And we have the measures in place that we know will work. Another part of this is hospitalizations. The variants are not overwhelming the system. There have been a total of 200 variant cases in hospital and 63 of the current 328 cases are linked. But capacity is being closely watched. The preparations that are made and, uh, and the actions that we can continue to take should the situation
5: be, become uh, more difficult uh, are, are ready to go.
3: And with the province confident in its measures, the message from the top is clear. It's in the hands of those British Columbians breaking the rules to make sure the situation doesn't get any more difficult. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
0: All right, let's bring in our Keith Baldrey for more on the surge in active cases and the growing mm-hmm. number of younger people in hospital, Keith.
1: Yeah, indeed, Sophie. As we get the case numbers piling up every day, 1, 000, uh, almost a 1,000 a day average now, our active cases are exploding as well, more than 8,600. These are concerning because these are the people they can continue to transmit the virus, even though they're supposed to be self-isolated. Not everybody's doing that, which is one reason why the virus continues to spread. Take a look at the phenomenal rise in active case numbers in just one week. Fraser Health continues to have the most active case numbers with more than 4,100 and of 600 in one week. But Vancouver Coastal is where the surge is happening, folks. A lot of those tied to Whistler, up almost 700 cases in a week. The interior, a bit of a spike as well. A concerning increase in Vancouver Island, where there was not much COVID for the longest time, and the North seems to be leveling out and bending the curve. But that's the only success story right now is in Northern Health. The other health authorities not seeing success in containing active cases. As we see active cases grow, we're seeing hospitalizations grow. We're seeing ICUs grow. 17 more people in ICU in the last five days. One of the biggest increases we've seen in some time. And Dr. Henry today saying it's not just the numbers are growing in hospital ICUs it's the people in hospitals and ICUs are changing and those are younger people
4: cases have surged and people are having a much higher number of contacts and that has meant increased numbers of people in hospital and we know that much of this transmission is happening in younger people so that means numbers of younger people in hospital has increased and numbers of younger people needing ICU care has increased and that is concerning
1: So no uh, in-person briefing tomorrow from Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. We will get one on Thursday at 1 p.m. And I'm told there's going to be a closer examination of the granular detail associated with hospitalizations and ICUs and exactly how many young people are in those units right now.
0: All right. Thanks for that, Keith. Meanwhile, in Ontario, the city of Toronto is shutting down its schools as COVID-19 cases in that province soar. Toronto schools will be closed, moved to online learning until at least April 18th. Ontario is in a month-long province-wide shutdown to combat rising COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations. The province reporting another 3,065 cases today, 955 of those cases in Toronto alone. Ontario Premier Doug Ford is hinting at more restrictions.
2: This is moving day by day, day by hour by hour. I, th- I think we made a massive move uh, last week by basically uh, shutting down the entire province. That was, that was huge. Shutting down thousands and thousands of business that I hate doing. But we're going to have further restrictions uh, moving forward very, very quickly. And again, we, we have to focus on where we see the problem.
0: Well, with the ongoing surge in COVID-19 case numbers and increasing concern about those variants, some parents are making the choice not to send their kids back to school. As Kylie Stanton reports, those decisions are being made as more schools are added to the list of COVID exposures.
6: When you're eight years old, you learn safety first. But in the throes of a pandemic, that applies to more than just riding a scooter. COVID started to get really bad, so I wanted
7: to be safe, and I wanted to stay home.
6: Leandro Alberto was just one of many students across the province pulled from the classroom as cases surge, parents deciding it's not worth the risk.
2: It's just a safety thing, and if he goes back and he needs a little bit of extra help, then that's what we're willing to do.
6: In Greater Victoria alone, Island Health has issued exposure notices at five schools. At Cedar Hill Middle School, after contact tracing was completed, only 14 students were directed to self-isolate, but 180 of the 470 students stayed home on Tuesday. I think all of BC is feeling very nervous, and having your kids in classrooms full of other people, that would make you nervous. There are now calls for more information to be provided beyond the exposure notice to help parents better assess the risk.
8: The way that government has kind of suppressed information has actually ultimately resulted in more anxiety and, and more worry and fear.
6: Another way to tackle the issue would be to shut things down altogether. In Surrey, the District Parents Advisory Committee says the circuit breaker Public Health Orders BC is currently under needs to be applied to schools as well.
4: Cases have never been this high, so everything needs to just stop for a bit. Schools need to be closed. Everything needs to go
6: online. The provincial health officer says closures do more harm than good.
4: Cases go up when children are not in school and that the downside impacts on families is, uh, is immense. So we need to find that way of safely keeping children in school so that we can protect our communities.
6: But Leandro won't be returning anytime soon, at least not until his mother, who has asthma and diabetes, is vaccinated. She believes in another lesson. It's better to be safe than sorry.
2: I mean, there's lots of people that probably would think that I'm, you know, paranoid, but I am. We have a long way to go still.
6: Kylie Stanton, Global News.
0: Well, there haven't been any significant problems reported since the B.C. government's online vaccination registration site went live just before eight this morning. According to the latest numbers, 160,464 people have signed up on the site. Nearly 24,000 of those now have an appointment booked for their first vaccination. Right now, appointments are being booked for people aged 71 or older, indigenous people 18 or older, and those who are clinically extremely vulnerable. Most users say the process was easy to navigate and only took a minute or two. The Kitsilano restaurant at the center of the storm over indoor dining restrictions won't be reopening tonight after all. After health inspectors were chased out Saturday, the owner said they were shutting down Sunday and Monday because they ran out of food. But as Ahmad reports, that closure is now extended indefinitely. Get out! Up, get up,
9: get up, By get now, there's a good chance you've heard of or seen the video. Get up, Get, up, get up, Appearing to show a hostile crowd inside out, of Vancouver's Corduroy out, restaurant, out, essentially showing get up, get up, the boot get up, get up, to health inspectors who were just there to do their job.
10: Quit ruining people's lives. You're a scumbag.
9: The harassment like, appearing you to you continue, like continue down, down the street isn't any easier to watch.
10: You like being a modern-day Nazi? At the time, the crowd was quite hostile.
9: Um, quite agitated and it was confrontational. Decision was made at the time uh, to remove ourselves from the scene. The owner decided to keep the doors open Saturday night and serve food, which is a direct contravention of a provincial ban on indoor dining designed to slow the surging third wave of COVID-19. But some of the people inside the restaurant appear to have a different intention than to just simply enjoy a meal.
8: People weren't just sitting, eating, minding their own business. It it, it seemed very much a, a protest.
9: If they were asked to leave a private property and they refused, is that not trespassing? And instead of Sorry. handing out fines, the VPD says they chose not to further incite the crowd.
1: Uh, it doesn't surprise me that there were the uh, anti-mask covid there. Get
5: out! Get out!
9: If those behind these scenes thought they could rally other restaurants to do the same, they failed. At the end of the day, the law is the law. And we as an association and as an industry have no tolerance for people who are flagrantly violating the public health orders. And despite the backlash, the restaurant owner took to Instagram to defend her decision.
10: I just want to let you guys know we're not just going away. I mean, we're here to make a difference.
9: Before announcing they would finally adhere to the law and keep their doors closed for now. Emma Global News.
0: And we have just learned from B.C. Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth that the restaurant's liquor license has also been suspended. Well, we've all heard the term pivot a lot during this pandemic, and that is exactly what another Vancouver area business is doing right now. New restrictions on indoor gatherings have created a golden opportunity. As Grace Key reports, instead of setting up for weddings and other special events, tent
11: companies are keeping many restaurants operating. Thank you. Demand for tents is at a premium, especially right after the province announced there would be no indoor worship services or indoor dining. I feel like every
3: restaurant on the Lower Mainland has contacted us for tents to, for their patios. A lot that we've been able to
11: accommodate, thankfully, but there's been an aluminum shortage in the past year or so throughout North America. At Congregation Beth Israel in Vancouver, the health orders leading up to Passover meant a dizzying few weeks with the rental. I think it was the next day the order came in to say that we could have in-person services. So then we canceled. I think a day or two later, that order was rescinded. So we, we got the tent again. Voted best restaurant and best pastry chef of the year, Boulevard Kitchen and Oyster Bar in downtown Vancouver is moving their dining experience like everyone else. Outside, They managed to get a tent right away.
9: We can't dial back our kitchen staff and still deliver the same experience, especially with the food quality. So uh, opening up another 36 seats, which is about what we have in this space, allows us to operate and uh, really keep the lights on.
11: Just like the plexiglass, restaurants are having to shell out more money while capacity is down.
9: Just heating the patio alone on a daily basis costs about $500. If you're looking at $40 per tank versus 12 heaters, 8 hours a day, uh, it, it adds up pretty quickly. And then you have the tent rental as well, looking at about 6500
11: Clientele has certainly shifted for Cascade Tent Rentals from weddings and events to social distancing at hospitals, schools, ports, and for the first time, jails. It was definitely interesting yeah, going through security and doing all of that. Definitely a lot of uh, heckling from windows. <laughs> what were the heckles? Uh, things you don't want to know. <laughs> This tent is moving from a synagogue to, who knows, its next location. Grace Key, Global News.
0: Small businesses feeling burned by the SVT. How the speculation and vacancy tax is costing this restaurant and many others thousands of dollars for something you can't even see. That's next on the News Hour. Three million doses a day. The accelerating vaccine program in the United States with fears of a looming su- surge. That's coming up on the news hour. And a long legged moose on thin ice. How rescuers saved him from a slippery death. That's later. Right now, though, some B.C. businesses say a new provincial tax is adding insult to injury and jeopardizing their recovery from the pandemic. As Ted Trinecki reports, they say the government is now taxing the air above their businesses.
2: Back in the 70s, the Hollies had a hit song called All I Need is the Air That I Breathe. Well, apparently that's all our provincial government needs to impose a new tax. Merchants up and down West 4th Avenue in Vancouver's Kitsilano are just learning they're being hit with the province's vacancy and speculation tax for the air
3: above their properties. It doesn't seem logical to me to be to be taxed for air above your building. Where's the logic in that?
10: Vacant land above a restaurant like Las Margaritas
9: is vacant land and it's not being used. It's taxable.
2: The owner of Las Margaritas, who doesn't own the land but as a tenant is responsible for all taxes, has just had six thousand dollars added to his tax bill this year. Others are much higher.
3: Now's not the time to impose another tax. You know, we just had another tax start on April about soft drinks, and now we have this tax, and then it's just, yeah, it's just endless.
12: It's been difficult for sure. We've lost uh, seventeen businesses on West Fourth, and and I would hate to see any more go.
2: The air tax rate above a commercial property is about four times higher than residential air tax. So, four years ago, hundreds of commercial businesses succeeded in getting some tax relief by having the air above them taxed at a residential rate. The lawyer who won that case says all that relief is now gone.
10: This government is making so much money in, 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 in property transfer tax, Surely they don't need to extort this out of our local independent businesses.
2: The province introduced this tax in 2018, gave it a one-year adjustment period, then postponed its implementation last year with COVID, but not this year. And there's precious little a tenant can do to develop the air above his restaurant when he doesn't own the land.
3: Do I go and get a trailer and put it up on the roof?
2: (laughs) Critics say if anyone should be paying this tax, it's the landowner. Ted Czernicki, Global News.
0: Fraser Valley Real Estate continues to set a blistering pace, setting two new all-time records in March. The Fraser Valley Real Estate Board says residential and commercial sales were up 131% from March of 2020. Listings were up 91%. Both sales and listings reaching the highest level since the Fraser Valley Board was established in 1921. The benchmark price for a single-family home increased by 6.4% compared to February to more than $1.2 million. It took an average of just 15 days to sell a single-family detached home.
1: I've been doing this for over 30 years now, and it's insane. I can tell you it's insane. Uh, uh, it's difficult on both sides of things, You know, whether you're working for the seller or you're working with the buyer. Of course, with buyers, you're you're almost in a multiple-offer situation situation. Um, almost eight or nine times you know and with uh, sellers sellers aren't happy unless they're getting multiple offers you got to come prepared and you know unfortunately uh, more or less uh, non-subject offers are taking the taking it you know as, as uncomfortable that can be for a lot of buyers
0: up ahead covid researchers get touchy what they found out about the virus and your chances of getting it from surfaces And later, pandemic scammers promising protection from COVID-19. How to spot the fraud.
13: Crews are on scene to a crash here in Vancouver. It's affecting traffic on Joyce at Euclid. You're down to a single lane north and south, and uh, traffic on Euclid is actually blocked in both directions. Time to renew your home insurance. Switch to BCAA for local knowledge, customized coverage, and valuable ways to save. Visit bcaa.com. I'm Trish Dewison in Global One, high above a crash in Vancouver.
0: There's a renewed call tonight for a stepped up vaccination program for essential frontline workers. The virus has hit communities like Whistler especially hard, impacting police and fire. Ms. Katherine Urquhart reports that has a concerned mayor calling for immediate help from the province.
8: When a provincial health order closed down Whistler Blackcomb Ski Resort last week, it was a devastating blow. Now, there is more troubling news for this municipality of 13,000. There's a spike in COVID cases involving first responders,
10: notably firefighters. We're really concerned about all of our essential service workers, including fire, uh, police
8: and ambulance. The municipality, which has been a COVID hotspot, won't reveal exactly how many of the community's firefighters are battling COVID. But sources have told Global News that up to a dozen people may be infected, with one person in ICU. Other fire departments are also dealing with COVID, but not to the same degree. North Vancouver District says it has had only a handful of cases. Over the past year, we've
14: had uh, four confirmed uh, COVID cases amongst our personnel. Um, Those were not uh, transmission at work. Uh, Those were cases identified
8: typically outside the work environment. North Van District Fire is advocating for an immunization program. Whistler, which is a much more isolated community, says... It needs more and is calling for a community vaccination program.
9: We support
10: and and, and hope for and expect a community vaccination program for, for Whistler.
8: For now, though, it appears that's not happening. Our first
4: responders in particular, who are doing an amazing job in a very difficult circumstance, they are uh, having very low rates of transmission. So this is the good news, and we are continuing to support them and to make sure they have what they need to protect themselves. Um, And as soon as we have vaccine available, uh, we will be
8: restarting that program. Restarting the essential worker program can't happen soon enough for many people, especially those in Whistler, who fear more firefighters could become infected with COVID. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
0: Well, as COVID-19 has spread in Canada, so too have scams related to the virus. During the first year of the global pandemic, nearly 12,000 victims lost a combined $7.2 million. With everyone eager to get immunized, it appears the vaccine rollout is not immune to fraud. Consumer reporter Andrew joins us with more on what you need to know.
15: Thanks, Sophie. The Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre is receiving reports of scams and frauds linked to COVID-19 shots. The warning here, don't buy the vaccine online or from unauthorized sources. Here's what you need to watch out for. Potential counterfeit COVID-19 vaccines. Private companies selling fraudulent products that claim to treat or prevent the virus. Unapproved drugs are a public health risk and also violate federal laws. COVID-19 vaccination themed emails or text messages that may try to trick you into installing malicious notification apps, opening bad attachments, or revealing sensitive personal and financial details and beware of unsolicited calls claiming to be from private companies or health care providers offering home vaccination kits for an upfront fee.
10: In one report here we have it's uh, somebody received a call saying you know if you donate to a charity you can jump the queue so it, it's certainly a big concern. Uh, that's just not the way it's happening. It's really important that consumers and people go to the legitimate government website. You hear it on the news. It's a, it's a race against the vaccine. So there's certainly anxiety in there. So people are are looking to get their vaccines sooner and later. They want to return to normal sooner than later. Uh, so like other frauds, these frauds are playing on emotions at the end of the day and getting people to react.
15: Now, so far, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and Johnson & Johnson are the only vaccines authorized in Canada, and the only way to safely access the COVID-19 shot is through clinics organized or endorsed by your local public health authority. In B.C., the provincial website, Get Vaccinated, is now up, where you can register when you are eligible based on your age and book an appointment to get the vaccine. When registering online, your date of birth, postal code, and personal health number will be protected. Protected by public health, and a reminder: when it comes to registering online for the vaccine, the government will never ask you for your social insurance number, driver's license number, or banking or credit card details. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters@globalnews.ca. All right, thanks for that, Anne.
0: If you have been regularly disinfecting every surface in your house as a way to help control the spread of the virus, there is new guidance from the U.S. you should know about. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control says the risk of becoming infected through a contaminated surface is low and that regular cleaning with just soap or detergent is enough. But the CDC says high-touch surfaces should be cleaned at least once a day, and surfaces should be cleaned and disinfected if they have been touched by someone who is positive for COVID-19.
4: In most situations, regular cleaning of surfaces with soap and detergent, not necessarily disinfecting those surfaces, is enough to reduce the risk of COVID-19 spread.
0: The CDC says the best way to prevent infection is to still regularly wash your hands using hot water and soap. Just ahead, the United States ramps up its vaccination program.
16: We are sober about the fact that we are still very much in the tunnel.
0: The furious pace administering doses as infections and hospitalizations spike. Also, the Logan Boulay effect still making a difference three years after the devastating Broncos bus crash.
2: Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at six, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC, brought to you in part by the BCTF, our kids and their teachers worth investing.
13: As the Tuesday evening commute winds down over here at the Alex Fraser Bridge, traffic is steady in both directions. Do keep in mind, though, there is overnight maintenance between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. with intermittent lane closures. Kermak Collision and Auto Glass provides no-cost windshield chip repairs with your insurance coverage, and Kermak donates 100% of their income from chip repairs through Kermak Cares for Kids. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge.
0: A Vancouver police constable is facing two charges of assault with a weapon and one each of attempting to obstruct justice and dangerous driving. The charges against Constable Jonathan Kempton stem from the arrest of a shoplifting suspect in May of 2019. There are a few other details. His first appearance is May 4th in Vancouver Provincial Court. An alleged arsonist is facing more charges in connection to a string of suspicious fires at Masonic Lodges. Benjamin Coleman is now charged in connection to fires at two Masonic Halls in North Vancouver. The new charges include arson and break and enter to commit arson. Coleman was previously charged with three other offenses in connection to the fire at a Masonic Hall in Vancouver on the same day. The family of one Humboldt Bronco who lost his life is reflecting on his legacy three years later. 21-year-old Logan Boulay was one of the 16 people who lost their lives. Another 13 were injured. Logan quickly became an inspiration after donating six organs, prompting hundreds of thousands of Canadians to sign their organ donor cards. Today, the Boulets are thankful for the good that has come from this tragedy and are proud of the impact Logan continues to have to this day.
17: I'm always amazed when I
9: wake up in the morning and I check Twitter or look in the Lethbridge Herald or whatever, and something pops up about the Logan Boule effect. And it can be year-round or we get a message from someone, a card in the mail. It just amazes me the impact that the Logan Boule effect
1: has, that it changes people's lives.
0: A virtual tribute took place to mark the somber anniversary. It was also announced today that plans are underway to build a new Humboldt Broncos tribute centre to honour the crash victims. Well, while the vaccine effort in Canada continues to move at a sluggish pace south of the border... Nearly 20 percent of the U.S. population has been fully vaccinated. The White House aiming to have all states offer vaccinations to anyone over the age of 16 in just a matter of days. But as Global's Reggie Cicchini reports, the race to vaccinate is also up against a soaring number of cases in half the country.
14: The pace is incredible. Roughly three million doses are being administered in the U.S. on a daily basis. And by April 19th, those numbers will
1: likely grow. Every adult over the age of 18, 18 or older, will be eligible to be vaccinated. No more confusing rules. That's two
14: weeks earlier than expected. A remarkable comeback for a country that was hit the hardest. At least a dozen states already have open eligibility, and that includes teenagers.
6: I was excited, just happy that it's finally opened up and everyone can get in and do it now.
14: Often, residency doesn't matter, just a willingness to roll up a sleeve. A far different story than Canada, where age still stands in the way of protection. But this health crisis has always been a game of numbers, and there are some terrifying ones re-emerging around the U.S.
0: Anywhere from, you know, 20s, 30s, through their 60s, On average,
14: Michigan's case numbers have exploded. The younger population now filling beds in hospitals around the state. We are running probably 95, 96% right now. Schools and sports programs are helping to drive the surge, dimming that light many have been racing towards.
16: We are sober about the fact that we are still very much in the tunnel.
14: Variant spread is becoming more problematic. 16,000 cases have been confirmed across at least a dozen states.
16: I won't be surprised to see uh, surges across the United States uh, until we really have the vast majority of the population vaccinated.
14: Disease experts caution that scenes like this, shoulder-to-shoulder crowds at sporting events... This is an awesome feeling. ...could spell disaster, especially with a new double mutation first found in India, identified in California.
13: This is what helps the virus infect cells more
16: easily, and so that's why we're concerned.
14: Doctors say in the end, vaccines will win the race, but its success will need a team effort. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington.
0: In the first few months of the pandemic, worldwide shutdowns helped drastically reduce air pollution. But now we're learning that was only true in some parts of the world. Linda Ellsworth reports on the countries where pollution actually increased.
12: As an associate professor at UBC who studies the effects that economic development has on the environment, the pandemic offered Frederick Nowak a unique
17: opportunity. The lockdowns were an ideal experiment. It was just like shutting down an economy and we could observe what happens.
12: And what happened where the environment was concerned? Well, as expected, many urban centres around the world improved.
17: Air pollution went down by 45% on average due to like domestic lockdowns.
12: And internationally, there was a 35% reduction in air pollution due primarily to travel restrictions.
17: But we also found that in some areas it actually had very little impact on air pollution. And in some areas it even increased air pollution.
12: Those regions are highlighted on this map by the color orange and include the U.S. Midwest, parts of South America and Asia, where many people still heat their homes and cook their meals by burning biofuels. The result...
17: You restrict commuting, you restrict transportation and people stay at home and maybe they use more energy residentially and cause more pollution.
12: Dr. Nowak believes his findings will help inform policy changes that will keep the air cleaner and the global economy healthier even after the pandemic.
17: The lockdown helped us to realize that some of these air activities are way more polluting than others.
12: Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Still ahead,
0: adding to the challenge of surviving COVID. Through the last year, um, the whole world needs something to start dreaming and believing in it again. Why this attempt on Mount Everest is the least of her obstacles. And in sports, as Masters Week begins, talk turns to the biggest name not participating. A visit with Tiger Woods just ahead. All right, time to check our weather forecast with meteorologist Christy Gordon. We've had a good stretch, uh, Christy, but a little Mm -hmm. blip is on the way.
16: A little blip I like the way you put that Sophie you're exactly right because it's really only going to be one day and then we're back to sunshine but we've got another system on deck which I'll show you in our five-day forecast as well so it's not just the one blip I would say we have two blips this week here's a quick look at some of your photos and we'll break things down for you this was the sunrise looking out from the Malahat towards of course Mount Baker Bob Burgess sending us that stunning shot with a little bit of fog as you can see some patchy fog out there and then this was the day the Port. Old Cove. Thank you to Adeline for that one. Stunning with the blue sky. We did certainly see some high-level cloud, but overall it was a terrific day. Tonight, though, that system will drive in from the north. We are expecting the rain to develop before morning, so your commute to work could be a little bit slow. Give yourself extra time now. In the afternoon, it eases off to just partly cloudy skies. I'm sorry, a chance of showers here and there. It's not going to be consistent rain, but nonetheless, an unsettled and cool day ahead before it all clears out in time for our Thursday. We are are going to see just a few flurries in through the southern sections in the morning. There's your rain forecast. So areas like the Tri Cities, those areas could see up to 25 millimeters of rain. So definitely a wet day. But the further south and west you go, that's where you'll see far less, maybe five to 10 millimeters there. Far north, two to four centimeters of snow expected for you, even into the North Coast region where you could see snowfall overnight. Periods of rain also in Revelstoke, but drier in through the interior uh, regions. And then for our regions, certainly a wet day as Sophie said the blip but we're back into sunshine on Thursday another blip expected on Friday and you'll know these temperatures are well below seasonal for this time of year so staying uh, cooler but we are hoping for a warm-up as we head into next week and certainly the week after that as well this was the sunrise today from the Vancouver area Kelly Brugge sending us that stunning shot of that golden light coming through either the cherry or plum blossoms there thank you to Kelly for that great shot
0: Yeah, well done, Kelly. All right, thanks, Christy. Residents of a northern BC community came together to rescue a moose that was in trouble on a frozen lake.
10: Come on, moose. Come on, girl. George is right there.
0: These are the final few moments of a story that actually began several days ago when people in the town of Binchy, about 200 kilometers northwest of Prince George, noticed the moose couldn't get off the ice. They believe it was chased there by predators. After one unsuccessful attempt to chase it off, they finally managed to distract the hungry animal by feeding it apples, and that gave them time to get ropes around it.
2: I, I lassoed it, and I used two ropes, and I put it around it where it was laying down, its butt end, so it wouldn't choke it. Then we drove it off with the four-wheeler. And there was a pack of wolves, I mean, a couple of wolves, but I couldn't get at it because the ice was open.
10: Really icy for her. Uh, better give her a break, huh?
0: Well, they carefully dragged her to shore, where she simply strolled off into the bush.
7: But I like how the moose actually stood for the photo. Did you notice that?
0: Do you ever think that animals who do things like they're just they could have he could she could have walked away, but she knew it would give the humans a lot of entertainment. So she just was sort of playing with them.
7: You think she could have walked out anytime? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys look like you had nothing to do. I just thought it'd be nice to hang out with a different species. She for got fat as well. Yeah, she got I know. When you think about it, that was not a bad And the move.
0: wolves couldn't go get her on the ice. That's so right. It was all bet. It was bad. It had to be
7: pretty thick ice that she didn't go through that.
0: All right, a uh, bit of an update on Tiger Woods. Uh,
7: yes, well, Tiger Woods is obviously bummed out he's not at the Masters. He's also bummed out he was in a car accident. The Masters held press conferences today, and Rory McIlroy said that he recently went down and visited Tiger Woods.
10: It was good to see him. He, was good to, you know, good to see him in, in, in decent spirit.
7: Tiger is at home recovering from that accident, and a lot of players have reached out to him.
0: And coming up later, Mount Everest beckons. In a year of great challenges, climbers hoping to endure much more than COVID. <laughs> What's that?
7: I said, because I have all these pages, right?
0: Do you want me to hold them for no, no, you? No,
7: no, no, I'm saying it's difficult because, you know, what you would do before the pandemic is go ah, 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 and lick your finger. Now, I'm not going to do that.
0: Well, just no one touch your papers afterwards. Well,
7: no, but still, still, I just got to, like, get them apart. Anyway. Okay
0: from the prompter.
7: I will. <laughs> the uh, Canucks COVID list grew by one player today when Jake Furtanen was put on it. That now makes 18 players, but only two added in the last two days. So as we said yesterday, maybe the spread is coming to an end or maybe the virus is running out of Canucks to infect. Jay going on the list of people who either have COVID or are in close contact with people who had COVID makes the other list smaller. That's the list of players without COVID on the Vancouver Canucks. As you can see, the lotto line is still not on the COVID list, and hopefully this list stays intact and the other one starts to subside. Uh, The Vancouver Whitecaps are at their training facility in Sandy, Utah. Most everyone is there, all but Ali Adnan, who still needs a U.S. visa. That should get sorted out this week. Also, newcomers Kyle Alexandre and Bruno Gaspar aren't there yet. They'll likely arrive next week. Today, the Caps won their first exhibition game against the uh, Salt Lakes, basically their minor league team. 3-0 was the final over the Monarchs. One of the goals, it's a nice-looking kit. I like that look. Uh, Christian Dahomey on the penalty kick here. And As we said, the White Caps won this game by the score of 3-0. to uh, Vancouver Giants goalie Trent Miner is close to tying a Western Hockey League record, which was set in 1968. Miner has three straight shutouts right now. The record is four, set by Chris Worthy, who played for Flynn Flon. He also played a bit in the WHA for Edmonton and in the NHL for the old California Golden Seals. Miner's mark is certainly helping his chances of being taken seriously by the NHL team that owns his rights, the Colorado Avalanche.
9: Now in the corner, pass in front of the net. Miner got the left pad down and made a wonderful save off bank here. Forget about being in a hub, Trent Miner is in the zone, shutout zone. Monday night against the Blazers, Miner stopped all 30 shots, fired his way for his third straight shutout. He's now gone nine consecutive periods without surrendering a goal. And Trent Miner did it again. The
10: the pieces are fitting together right now with not only myself, but with the team that that, like there's so much trust right now on the ice that there's no, No one's second-guessing their plays, that everyone, that the forward trust the D, D trusts the goal. Like it's from me to the forward, everyone has complete faith in each other. Pillar looking back door
9: to Stankoven. What a stop by Miner! While Miner's junior teammates were waiting for the Western Hockey League season to start, Miner was dipping his toes in the American Hockey League. Trent played six games for the Avalanche's affiliate, the Colorado Eagles. In half a dozen games, he posted a 2.86 goals against average and a 9.03 save percentage, Oh, he also recorded a shutout. Strong stuff for a kid who was Colorado's final draft pick in the
3: seventh round of the 2019 draft. I think Colorado uh, is, is very happy that, uh, that that not only have Trent Miner as part of their organization, but uh, that they were able to get him in the seventh round. And, uh, you know, he's... Uh, he's just uh, he's playing at another level right now and and i think you know obviously the opportunity that he had playing in the american hockey league gave him a lot of confidence and uh, and he's worked extremely hard for this and and he deserves it
10: at the end of the day there's there's seven rounds for a reason and and that's why guys are invited to camps as well it's it's not so much as you're drafted or you're not drafted it's can you help the team in the future and i think that's where the draft is overlooked that people don't understand that it's just they're acknowledging where you are currently at your and your current state and, and they see a future in you. So if you're able to improve yourself and keep moving forward, I don't think it really matters where you get drafted or whether you're an invite to camp or whatever happens.
7: So if Tiger Woods is not at the Masters, it is a topic of conversation. Of course, he's not there this week because of the accident he was in. But today, Rory McElroy said a number of players have made a pilgrimage to Woods' home in Florida, to personally wish him well.
10: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, a few of us from, you know, that live down in South Florida have went to see him. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure he appreciates that. And, you know, again, as I said, like everyone would love to see him back out here again. And, you know, I think, you know, myself, JT, Ricky, DJ, Brooks, all those guys down there, you know, we sort of have a responsibility to try to, you know, keep his spirits up and and keep him going and, and try to get him back out here at the World Men's Curling
7: Championships Canada is 6 and 2 Norway is first right now at 7 and 1 All right there you go
0: Thanks Squire up next the world's tallest peak back in business the climber is hoping to conquer COVID and Mount Everest
2: We're watching Global
7: News Hour at 6
0: the world's highest peak has reopened to climbers after a closure that lasted a year. And despite the new protocols in place on Mount Everest, hundreds of people are set to attempt the dangerous ascent.
5: Mount Everest's majestic 26,000 feet high peak, attracting the world's adventurers once again.
12: Yeah.
13: Our first views of Everest.
5: Jess Weddle, a painter and cancer survivor, has traveled from Oklahoma City To the himalayas
13: everyone is so full of gratitude to be able to be here right now
5: she's climbing everest for the first time in a year that for everyone promises new experiences are you already noticing the differences because of the different world we live in
13: yes absolutely um we have different protocols than ever before we kind of have our bubble um we've done quarantining
5: Contrast that with the controversy of 2019 when pictures showed lines of climbers paying around $50,000 each and passing dead bodies. Now, Nepal says they have no choice but to open. More than 300 climbers are expected for a high-risk experience that's riskier than ever. Organizers say they will be monitoring for infections. We can see when symptoms occur. There are doctors on the way up as well. While those preparing their ascent believe it's about more than a mountain.
13: After the last year, um, the whole world needs something to start dreaming and believing in it again.
5: For a world collectively climbing from the toughest of times, Everest this year once again set to symbolise triumph over adversity. Other protocols include testing before you even get into the country. Of course, social distancing on the mountain. And get this, one climber says he plans to wear a mask, a surgical gown and surgical gloves before he has to at some point put on that oxygen mask. Keir Simmons, NBC News, London. Well, good luck to them.
16: Wow.
0: Yeah, no Ooh, kidding. It makes a lot of guts. It I does. wouldn't do it myself. But. High achievers. No, no, you're not going to go climb Everest? Not no, this year actually, anyway. No, actually
7: no. I... I might try grouse and that's about it
0: <laughs> oh yes we have to go do our group outing <laughs> on the grouse grind when the pandemic's over that's our excuse <laughs> i right, in Chris, for that Christy
16: mm-hmm. final word on the weather thanks so much so uh, we are seeing a little bit of sunshine right now but overnight tonight increasing cloud and we'll start to see the rain push in so uh, I would suggest leave a little bit of extra time for your commute to work tomorrow morning and get your rain jackets ready Sounds good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good evening.